It is a beautiful Monday morning. That's not a good start, is it, George? No, no. Let's say it like this. Try and apply that theory to any other industry in the world. It's a scam. I was betting like 70, 80k. This is the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, helping you beat the bookmakers. G'day everyone, welcome to episode 98 of the Trademate Sports Betting Podcast, a betting preview of UFC 261 headline by the rematch of Kamara Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. As always, joined by ex-MMA fighter at the bottom of your screen, smart sports trader, Ryan Bruno, and pro sports better at the top of your screen, Jonas Yelstad. Been a long time, gents. How are we? Yeah, good, mate. How are you guys? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Very, very happy to be back. How's how's all the how's all our MMA betting been going? It's it's been about three or four weeks, probably since we last did a preview. Um, and I guess more importantly, how good's Robert Whitaker? Oh, I mean, is number one in the the issue, right? Or is he the goat yet? Or I mean. <laughs> Well, well, Ryan and I were talking about this uh, on the weekend, I think it was, and we were saying like it'll be interesting to see what he opens up as. And we were, I think we guessed like something around 1.5 for Adesanya, which is that a bit if, if for Adesanya? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, uh, Adesanya will be the favorite. Yeah. Ah, did you see Whitaker's last fight and Adesanya's yeah, but... last fight? It's yeah, Adesanya, though. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be well, I think the main reason why he looked so good against Gastelum is because he got the great speed advantage, right? So when you got that speed advantage, you get to land all of your punches against someone who was on the back feet from the first uh uh from the get-go, basically. And mm-hmm. he knew he needed to go for that KO and everything. So, yeah, it just had uh, the perfect game plan, wasn't it, really? I think that's the best I've seen somebody yeah. fight Gastelum, really. And he had, uh, like, also, he was able to keep up for five rounds without looking exhausted at all, right? And uh, Yeah, yeah he, looked, he looked phenomenal, yeah. His, gonna his striking's just gone to another level, hasn't it? It's like, I reckon if, <clears throat> if you saw Adesanya do everything that Whitaker did, on the weekend, you you know you wouldn't you kind of be thinking like that's the the skill level that Adesanya is already at. So I reckon like like you wouldn't be too shocked if Adesanya was doing those same things. So. No, no, yeah, it'll be just uh, it'll be interesting to see how he approaches the second fight because obviously in the first fight he was kind of lunging a lot, wasn't he? Trying to like catch um, Adesanya with big shots. Yeah, um, so it'll be interesting. Like obviously. That didn't work, so it'd be really interesting to see how he approaches the second fight, uh, whether he tries to wrestle a bit more, or I don't know really, but it'll uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, and I was gonna ask you guys if you guys are gonna book a flight over for the for the stadium show here in Australia. It might be the first time you see more than five people in a room. You felt like. <laughs> be nice, but I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> when is this happening? Oh, Adesanya versus Whitaker. Surely they'll put it in the stadium over here. Yes. Won't happen, mate. Because like everyone's sleeping when you guys are awake. <laughs> no, but what they do is they put it on in the morning here. So, <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember, like, um, 
the Ronda, one of the Ronda Rousey cards that came over here, and Adesanya and Whitaker have fought in the stadium over here too. The first fights at like seven or eight o'clock in the morning. It's quite funny. I think they did the same with Bisping and Henderson. You know when they fought the second time. I'm sure that was like three in the morning in England. So <laughs> yeah, they just yeah, uh, yeah they just change it for the American audience, don't they? Yeah, Americans rule the world. Um, I, I mean, I wrote down here we should have a quick chat about Jake Paul, but I mean, <laughs> that was just that was just farcical. I don't know much more you can say. Like that was just disgusting. The whole event was disgraceful. Honestly, my favorite part was was uh, watching old JB to do his thing. I don't mind a little bit of Justin Bieber these days. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear, Alex. <laughs> Oh, did any, did any of you bet Jake Paul or not? No. Yeah. Did you? Did yeah. you? Yeah, like the majority of people bet on uh, Askren and everyone's like, oh, Askren got massive like experience in fighting. And uh, like, have, has anyone seen him box before? <laughs> yeah. No. Against Damien Meyer, it was the most painful thing you've ever seen. I mean, he was coming off like hip surgery as well, wasn't he? He had like <laughs> hip surgery like 12 weeks ago as well. Uh, you probably see the same, Brian. I couldn't back Paul because I hate him, but uh, I, I imagine it was massive value. Like, Well, it was huge value, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, you've seen the pubs have opened up recently in England. And I've been to a couple of pubs since they opened up and I see better strikers in the pubs than I see in Asperger. <laughs> So you must have been behind the fix. You must be behind the fix, then, Jonas. If you're betting Jake Paul, uh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry, there was just a few rumors that it was fixable, <laughs> mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know, know, I know. <laughs> the no, thing is, if you're going to fix a fight, you're not just going to let someone smash you with a big right hand and a face plant. <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're going to fix a fight, you'll take a body shot, you'll go on your knee, and you'll take a ten count. You're not going to let somebody <laughs> hit you with a massive overhand right. <laughs> It's just ridiculous. People are just, I don't know. Yeah. People are. Conspiracies, conspiracies. But um, <laughs> before, before we get into this week's fights, I was going to ask, do you guys think this is the first show back with crowds in a, a year, probably? I mean, the first one without crowds, I think, would have been Ferguson Gaethje, if my memory serves me correctly, and I believe that was in May. So this is basically the first one with crowds back. Do we like? Do you guys think this will have any impact at all? I do. Uh, in terms of, I think the the favorites is going to be slightly more favored by it because they're probably going to have a better game plan and be able to stick with it without having to make too much adjustments. Like we've been hearing, the corners been calling out things and the fighters been able to react more to it. But they won't be as much this time. It's more going to be the more important to see what happens in between the uh, what's it called in, in between the rounds. Okay. So I think that can have a slight impact. Mm -hmm. But uh, again, I think that's more. It's going to be more for the lower skill level fighters and the, potentially also for the the woman who who is. If anyone is deviating from the game plan, it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to it because everyone is coming in expecting their fighters to do certain things. But if they all of a sudden, if uh, Shang has to all of a sudden improve massively on her takedown or anything like that, and it's going to go for a mount or something like that, which they might not expect to be the way she's going to be fighting, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, 
or else it's going to adjust a lot. Yeah, the the only uh, Rose was the only one that I thought out of all the fighters, just off the top of my head, where it might affect her because she's she has like a she's a different kind of fighter, isn't she? Like you can tell she's very like <clears throat> no, I wouldn't say she's like mentally fragile, but she's like you know she can. Get, I think sometimes maybe she can get a bit caught up in the emotions of everything. So. Yeah, I thought I thought maybe maybe she might feel the the pressure more of having a crowd there, but then again, like seriously, she she's absolutely she's beaten Joanna Young Jacek twice with massive crowds, and you know it's not like uh, I don't know. It was kind of just more of a hypothetical thing. Like I thought of it more from like a mental standpoint. From if there's any fighters on the card that have maybe flourished during the time of of having no crowds and maybe feel pressure a bit more when there are crowds there. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. I think it's, it's all a bit just up in the air, airy fairy stuff, but yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it affects all fighters differently, doesn't it? Like if you're a home fighter, maybe, you know, you get a bit of support from that, but then some fighters will feel the pressure from that. So it's mm. like specific to each fighter. So without knowing the fighters very well, it's not really something you can take into account too much, is it? Yeah. All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, for the quiz question this week, <clears throat> it is, what is Jimmy Crutes, the Australian legend? What's his one loss in the UFC? So uh, we can get to that back at the end of the podcast. But today, we're going to talk about the welterweight title fight towards the end between Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal, strawweight title fight between Whaley Zhang and Rose Namajunas and flyweight title fight between Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade, giving you all the value bets that you want and need. But the big question is, fellas, we'll start with you, Ryan. Is there anything else taking your fancy outside of the three title fights? Uh, yeah, so I quite like um, Connolly in the Sabatini versus Colony. Uh, I said that before. Connolly fight. I keep calling him Connolly for some reason. Um, but yeah, Sabatini is 13 and 3. He's making his debut in the UFC. Um, he's very stocky. He's, he's very powerful for the weight class. Uh, he's got really strong grappling. He's got nine submissions on his record. So out of 13 wins, that's a pretty high percentage. Um, he looks to have pretty decent striking as well. Like in his last fight, I could see that, you know, he developed some nice kicks uh, and he seems to have some natural power. Although because of his build, because he's quite like, uh, he's got quite broad shoulders, he tends to like wing punches more than uh, throw nice straight shots. But he's really good at taking the back. Um, and I can kind of see why he's being given a lot of respect coming into the UFC because, you know, he's, he's making his debut, but he's, you know, he's sub 1.5, which, you know, says that, you know, people respect his game a lot. But he's fighting uh, Tristan Connolly, who, you might remember fighting Michelle Pereira a few years ago. Um, I think that was Pereira's debut. He came in um, and he, he, he fought on short notice and he also fought up, well, two weight classes. He fought 170 and this fight's at 145. Uh, and he actually beat Michelle Pereira. I don't know if you remember that fight, but Pereira came out doing his kind of usual backflips and kind of theatrical stuff and basically gassed himself out. Um, and Connolly's just a really well-rounded a tenacious fighter he just kind of stayed in the game stayed in uh, Pereira's face um, and started putting it on him and it just showed that he's a very very well-rounded fighter in that fight uh, he's got really good grappling he's got uh, good striking and output and he and showed that he's got um, a ton of heart in that fight as well because he was physically 
um, you know, outmatched uh, quite a lot in that fight, really. Like, Michelle Pereira is is no joke, and he had a huge reach advantage, a huge size a huge size advantage. So I just think that he's, he's a little bit too big in this fight. He's um, 2.87, which I took with Bet365 this morning. And uh, I think Sabatini is, is a fast starter, and he does get a lot of first-round finishes. But if Connolly is able to get through the first round, um, and implement his game, then then I think he's got a really good shot at taking the second and third round. So, I mean, I, I've took him straight away, but you could even, uh, if you're going to be watching it, um, bet him in play after the first round because it's it's probably more likely that Sabatini does take the first round. Yeah. All right. Good call there. Yeah, as you can see on the screen, you can still get. <clears throat> Sorry. You can still get Connolly at two point eight seven on Bet three six five <laughs> as we speak. Uh, would you go much lower than that, mate? Because you get two point eight at Unibet and Betfred and a few others, maybe. Yeah, to, I'd go to like two point seven five, and uh, and like yeah. I say, if you, if that price does go, maybe wait and and take it in play. Look how the first round goes, because I think Sabatini is is quite a explosive and like heavily muscled guy for that weight class, uh, and I think you might get a better price after the first round. So. Yeah, yeah, Bet three six five a little bit of an outlier there too. So. Looks good, mate. And you've got another one here, Jeffrey Molina versus someone's name that I'm not going to bother pronouncing. Yes, yeah, so I think it's Kailang Ayori, and he's got a he's got a cool nickname as well. They call him the Mongolian Murderer, which I thought was his uh, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that That's up there, isn't it, with the the best nicknames in, in the UFC? Um, so yeah, I like I like Molina. He's he's young. He's only 24. Uh, he's eight and two, but he fights out of um, James Krause's camp. Um, but he fights really intelligently with like uh, he's very measured on his feet you can tell that he's he's quite calm um and he switches stances really nicely he can fight from both uh unorthodox and southpaw yeah he's got a really good kicking game as well uh, and he just looks like a really good prospect to me very solid everywhere from what i've seen um you know he, he's able to grapple as well and coming out of that that camp you know he's going to be proficient everywhere so um, yeah, he's got a really decent kicking game. Like his movements, really good as well. He, he steps back and and throws a really nice left hand or right hand. He's he's able to strike moving back, uh, and I think that could be quite big because uh, although Kaleng Ayori, I've not seen his most recent fights because, uh, like I was saying earlier to you guys with these Chinese fighters, it, it can be hard to track them down. But I saw a fight from like um, last year, which was only about three fights ago, and the guy does look like a, a kind of physical specimen. Is is very strong. But the level of competition that he's been fighting hasn't been great. Uh, and although he does look physically very gifted, yeah, he's a, a little bit wild. And technically, he looks a step behind Molina to me. Like, he, when he throws his shots, he he doesn't um, faint very well. It's just like he just comes forward and just kind of throws, like, left, right, left, right, left, right, or right, right, right. He's just very, um, very aggressive, but not very technical. And then also when he was... Uh, so when he was shooting for takedowns as well, he wasn't really setting them up. It was either, you know, he wasn't really blending his game that well together. He was taking shots from quite far out. So, I mean, there is a chance that he um, is just too strong for Molina and he can implement his grappling uh, and that might be a path to win for him. But I just kind of like the camp that Molina's coming out. I like the fact that Molina's fought, um, well, he's fought a Dana White's contender series, but he's fought almost in the UFC, and this is going to be Iori's kind of big step up where he's been fighting lower-level competition in China. So I think it's worth a stab. I've, uh, I've backed him at 1.93, which uh, is pretty available, I think, everywhere. So Yeah, a lot of boogies here at 1.91. <clears throat> Jesus Christ. Something's wrong with my throat. 1.91, sorry, uh, for Molina at a lot of 
books here that I can see. Uh, maybe the exchanges are starting to drop Betfair at 1.83. So, yeah, I see it. The best prices is uh, expect the bet click who has him at two and GG bet has him at 197. And the rest, like, is 191 and that's some group 192. So, pretty available price. All right. uh, of interest, have you, have you ever used GG Bet, um, Jonas? Because they have loads of like outlier prices, but never. The, uh, no, and I've heard they're a bit dodgy. So. Oh, issues with uh, cash outs and stuff. Yeah, yeah, but that's oh, just okay. from reading things online. I don't know anyone that's actually bet with them yet. Okay, okay, then I would probably stay clear. <laughs> I was going to ask you both if you guys had had a look at the odds for the Weidman Hall fight because I thought, I mean, I understand that Weidman's got a great wrestling game and he could implement that quite well, but I thought Harai Hall might just come in as 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 favourite here because I don't know, I could just easily see him catching Weidman. I mean, he has one of the most suspect chins out there, and as we know, Hall is has uh, is very explosive in those early goings, so. I mean, even if you went went a bit further and took Hall by by KO, I'm looking at here, you can get him at 3.1 or 3.25 even in places. I don't know if you guys had any thoughts on, on the Weidman Hall fight. I've never rated Weidman <laughs> like that good, Uriah Hall. Who did he fight this last fight again? Anderson Silva. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that fight Silva just looked done. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, he he's still explosive, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you can see basically all of his last fights is one on a with KO, except Costa, where he got knocked out. Now he actually had a decision against Antonio Carlos Jr. Yeah, I think if you're going to take him, you take him by the KO because it's. I think obviously, like say, Weidman does have that grappling advantage, but he also is starting to get like tired in fights, and uh, like you say, his chin is not the best, so. You know, I think you take that KO prop, and that's that's his most likely um, path to victory for Hall. So uh, I don't mind that bet, and like on the exchange, you'll probably get a little bit better as well. Mm. How likely do you think it is for that KO to happen in the first round, though? Yeah, that's the other thing. Because uh, first round, I, I see like a, a lot of bookmakers works. Okay, it's not that great. Rival first round KO five fifty. You can get Uri Hall to win in round one at 650 at William Hill. Yeah, Five at Paddy Power. Yeah, I, I just thought it was a. I was I was just a bit surprised to see the odds. I I, I priced it up in my head as Hall being a favourite, but um, I guess I probably just underestimated Weidman's uh, wrestling a touch. But I just think he's just. I mean. How many wrestlers has he faced? I mean, non-wrestlers, sorry, that he, he could, you know, potentially take down and he just ends up getting caught by them. I think it's like quite a quite a big list that's growing that, you know, you would have thought he'd be able to grind out a victory, but he ends up getting viciously knocked out. So Yeah, I think he'll yeah. I think he'll definitely go for takedowns in this fight. I mean Yeah. I mean he was looking alright in his feet against Jackery and then then he got knocked out really badly. Um, I mean, he's yeah. a bit gassed them going back quite a long time ago, but he got rocked in that fight. So he does tend to get hit as well. And obviously for Akhmedov in his last fight and that, uh, you know, it was pretty gassed in the end by that. But uh, yeah, it's a tough one really because both of them kind of have, they both seem to be kind of going downhill um, and then they mm. both 
kind of have liabilities like hold sometimes just mentally doesn't seem to show up and it, it sometimes it seems when he, he gets taken down he's kind of quite happy to accept being on the bottom and then like say with Weidman he's got gas tank issues and his chin's not what it was so I mean what's fighting uh, ends inside the distance and that that's could be another way of um like looking to play hmm. yeah all right well we'll uh we'll leave that one for now and we can move on to the three title fights very very exciting i'll just get the uh the odds up on my screen for the valentina shevchenko versus jessica andrade fight one moment so you've got valentina at about 125 everywhere and you've got jessica andrade at a highest price of 4.5 on bet365 as we speak Shevchenko on a six-fight win streak with her last loss to Nunes in 2017, which was for the bantamweight title. Basically, I mean, in the UFC, she's lost to, only lost to Nunes, which has been twice, I believe, uh, in the UFC. And Andrade, former strawweight champ, moving up to flyweight for her second fight in the division, coming off that first-round KO of Catelyn Chukagan. And finally, I think just overall, it's just it's it's fun to have someone very interesting for Shevchenko to fight, even though the odds don't really say that. Like in in the, I mean, in her past like three or four fights, it's literally been we're talking one point one and below odds for Shevchenko. So it's good to have someone a little bit more competitive. What are your initial thoughts on this one, Jonas? I feel like there's uh, Chevchenko and uh, what's uh, what's her name? Uh, Amanda Nunes. Like, you always get a bit tempted by looking at their opponents, then you watch the fight, and you're like, yeah, fuck, they have no chance, really. <laughs> so, so I could be wrong here. Andrade has been on a win streak recently, but I mean, she's not been fighting anywhere near Chevchenko's class in... Uh, she lost against Rose uh, last night and knocked out Chukogian. I mean, it's just she got knocked out after 42 seconds against uh, Bail Chang. Uh, so the, I think uh, fighting at one weight class higher, Chevchenko is going to bring the same power, if not higher. I think she's faster or same speed probably. Uh, I think she's going to have the speed advantage in this fight. I think Chevchenko is going to dominate her and take her out uh, before the five rounds is over. So I'm going to go for Chevchenko inside distance, which is something I rarely do for a woman's fight, unless it's uh, mm. someone with massive submission advantage. I would just go for an armbar if that was an opportunity. But, uh, but in this fight, I think it's just going to be brutal, and I think it's going to end badly for Andrade. How many times? I'm just going to look up now. How many times Andrade's been finished? I think it's. I thought it was only maybe the Whaley Zhang fight. I think so. She might have been subbed earlier in her career, but I'm not sure yeah. about that. Like when she was so fighting she got, at the high weight class. Well, she's been finished by. She's been Mariam uh, Renault. Yeah. Raquel, Raquel Pennington, Pennington and Renault yeah. in 2015. Yeah, so she she certainly can be finished. Um, I was going to ask Ryan. Do you, I look back at that way uh, the the Caitlin Chukagan fight, and I was thinking that like I think I think Valentina will take something out of that fight because although it ended in pretty vicious, you know, body shot, I, I still think like 
Chukagan was having some decent success there, like keeping her at range and and kind of picking her off. And we know that Shevchenko is like ten times the strike, or maybe, maybe that's an exaggeration, but she's she can she can uh, she's a lot more advanced in her striking abilities than Chukagan. So I was wondering if you took anything out of that and thought that you know she might have some success just trying to pick her off from range. Yeah, I mean, it's a really tough fight for Andrade because she's at a massive reach uh, disadvantage and then she's fighting, um, like, you know, probably the best, like, female striker um, that we've ever seen. So she's, you know, in, in order to kind of get into that range as well, she normally kind of flurries forward with a few hooks, but, um, you know, Shevchenko, she's she's such a seasoned striker that she, she it's very unlikely that she's going to get caught by that. And she's got, like, that piston left hand as well, that she's really good at just shooting down the middle when, when anyone comes into range. Um, and even, like, Andrade has kind of adopted this, like, boxing-heavy uh, movement with a head side-to-side, and she's having some success against Rose with that. But then she does that with Shevchenko. You know, Shevchenko's got just, um, you know, blistering kicks, and, like, if she um, can time it right... And she's going to knock her out. So, like Jonah said, actually, I I like Valentina inside the distance in this fight mm-hmm. because if Indraj stays at distance, she's going to get picked off and kicked, and you know, teeth kicked and just beaten up on the outside. So she's the one that's going to have to take the risks. And then when she does flurry forward, you know, the reach, um, you know, there's such a big disparity in the reach that she's going to get caught. And I think, um, uh, yeah, she's going to look to grapple. I think that's going to be her game plan. But. Uh, Shevchenko is a really good grappler as well. I mean, we've seen her fighting big, strong uh, women like uh, Juliana Penners, uh, very big and strong. Nunes is very big and strong, and she kind of held her own against them. So I don't, don't really see Andrade having too much success there. Um, so, yeah, I, I like, I think money line, there's probably some value there as well. Like I got 1.29 uh, on Betfair this morning. Uh, and then I think Valentina inside, which is probably the more kind of appealing bet at 2.3. Uh, that's also good value. But um, so, so like it's pretty clear that it's going to be tough for Andrade to win on decision here, and the fact also that this is the first fight with audience back in after the COVID, uh, it's three title fights. She's just going to have to close her eyes and go for some high variance, which easily can lead to uh, um, lead to a knockout. I don't think that the, the bigger cage is going to play in too much in this fight, but. I just I, I see this finishing fast and vicious and uh, yeah. Interesting, because I mean, I, although Andrade has been you know finished by Zhang, like she can, she can take some punishment. That's the thing. Like we saw what happened with Joanna, but Joanna's a completely different fighter, isn't she? She's not as she's not the most powerful uh, striker of all time. She's more of a technical, just you know. <laughs> we saw what she did to so many people over those time. Like even like, uh, who was the girl that she fought right at the start? Was it was it Penne or yeah, Jessica Penne? Yeah, mate, she, she just threw like she didn't throw. She was throwing like as hard as she could, but Penne was just able to take like fifty to a thousand of them, <laughs> and just like yeah, literally just, mess, taking, <laughs> just taking brain damage basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's actually a decent angle you guys have highlighted there. Have you? Do you? I can only get up odds for Bet three six five at two point three for Shivchenko inside the distance. Have you guys seen anything better anywhere else, or maybe best fight odds would be a good outlet? I see Focus Stars has two point four. Uh, yeah, and then someone just has either submission or KO. I would think KO was more likely, but I could be wrong also. 
but uh, so I'm probably just going to try to go for uh, inside distance wherever that's an opportunity. Yeah, I'd, I'd cover the submission prop just in case she rocks her and you know gets on her neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Andrade is pretty durable in general, but just cover yourself. And... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm just having a look now to see if uh, I can get any better results for Shevchenko inside the distance. No, I can't. Yep. I think, yeah, 130 is the best, but yeah, you said Poker Stars is at 140 or 240, sorry. So, all right, cool. Anything else we want to say about this one or we're pretty uh, pretty happy with that one? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, happy. All right. That's good, James, as long as you're happy, mate. <laughs> All right, uh, Waylee Zhang. I mean, what's the proper pronouncement of this name? Because uh, pronouncement, I mean, I can't even pronounce, pronounce, and pronounce, uh. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll just go with Waylee Zhang uh, versus Rose Nami Yunus. And the odds for this one, I will get up on the screen. 1.5 for Zhang, and you can get as high as 2.7 for Nami Yunus at Betway there, but most have her around 2.65. Zhang coming off that incredible war with Joanna in what was a razor-close split decision, and this is only her second title defense. I don't think she fought. I don't think she fought at all, actually. I think she actually might have been the last crowded event, maybe. Um so, yeah, this is her second title defense against Rose. And Rose hasn't really fought much either in the last couple of years since that uh, loss to Andrade, Andrade for the title. Um, but she returned impressively last year to beat Jessica Andrade. Um, and, yeah, I think overall this is just such a such an exciting fight, fellas. I think I, I really think this should, this should be the main event. But, um, yeah, how do you think this one will play out, Ryan? Yeah, so I think out of the three title fights, like you say, this is the the most exciting one. Uh, and initially, I thought the odds were a little bit too wide when I looked at this. Um, like, Rose is really light on her feet. She's got really sharp boxing. Um, she's got that really nice jab and, like, in-and-out movement. And we've seen her use it very successfully, like, against Andrade. Like, Andrade, in the, well, at least in the first two rounds, had um, a lot of trouble, you know, tracking her down. But I think Vele Zhang is a little bit... Uh, more explosive and she's she's got more of a dynamic game as well she's got a good kicking game uh, and one thing I noticed is that Rose is like very heavy on that front foot as well and that's part of why she's got some, like you know a really nice job is is you know that reliance on the front foot but uh, Weilei Zhang's got really good um, like a, a really good right low kick which uh, Joanna was using in their second fight towards the end and that, that kind of won her a few rounds and even Andrade used that in the, the second fight as well um, and was doing it quite successfully so that's um, kind of a concern for me and she also slows down a little bit as well in five round fights um, and, and in the last fight against Andrade she was slowing down in that third round and Andrade took over and won that quite comfortably as well so that's something that you know is another concern and then um, the third kind of concern again that, that I noticed was that she doesn't wear damage too well um, like if you go and watch that Andrade fight she took some some shots in that fight and her, her face was a mess and if you kind of just look at her facial like structure in general you know she's she has got quite like um, like thin, sunken cheeks, and like you know, she's very pale skinned, and, and fighters like that do tend to wear damage, unfortunately. And well, as pale we saw, fighters just suck, eh? Well, <laughs> yeah. you need to. We seem to like we do cut a little bit easier, or at least we seem to. 
Um, but yeah, and and I think those like three concerns are what, are what put me off um, back in there because, like I say, initially I thought the odds were a bit too high, but uh, when I kind of dug into it a little bit deeper, um, that kind of stood out to me. So uh, yeah, I, I I really struggle with this one. Yeah, what about you, Jonas? Uh, my instincts is telling me that Rose is not going to be able to withstand like Chang's uh, damage. She showed like uh, in, in the fight against Joanna, she can do some crazy damage. Joanna got the sick chin to be able to survive that. I think she's just going to dominate her and I'm going to go for just a KO for Chang this time. And 3.5 to 4 in odds seems just too tempting. Yeah, I can get those markets up for you guys now. So Zhang by KO is... Oh, I mean, odds check is not doing a great job. So, oh, yeah, but 3.4, 3.5, something like that. So, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I, I was the exact same as you, Ryan. I looked at the odds for the first time yesterday and I was like, that just seems seems way too, too big. But then I, yeah, I listened to a few other podcasts about, you know, how it would, how it might go ahead. And I guess you would think that, yeah, most of the fight will stay on the feet and then I, I I think a lot of people are kind of thinking maybe Rose's biggest chance is if they get into maybe a bit of a scramble and she can get into make it a grappling match but I mean do you guys kind of think that it'll just stay on the feet for the majority of the fight I yeah, think it's gonna get yeah. I think it's gonna get like uh kind of bite on their mouth guard and just exchange some powerful blows and uh i don't think uh rose is going to come out winning of those yeah i think uh, like zhang's the kind of uh, more powerful athlete as well she looks like she's uh, the stronger of the two so yeah it'll be her that would probably look for takedowns if it is um but i mean rose does have a good, a good grappling game and like she does go for submissions like she was defending against andraj a lot she kept going for that kimura um obviously but she got dumped on the head in the first fight and then in the second fight she didn't really go for that um, but i think if, if rose is losing the fighting she needs to initiate the grappling i think she'll have a harder time doing it than um like if zhang wanted to do it but zhang will probably be quite happy to stand and strike i would imagine and I get the feeling that like she's like the quintessential fighter that's just dedicated to fighting like the fame and this kind of stuff like it's not going to distract her. So she hasn't been fighting for a year and I feel like she's been underground in some basement just like getting way better. <laughs> she's been throwing like leg kicks against those metal posts and just like building yeah. her uh, like she's... I think she's going to be just another animal that is very improved when she gets out there. Because she, she hasn't had that many fights, has she? Like, I, I feel like she's still, like, although she's champion already, like, this will see the best version of her on the weekend. So, yeah, I, I can I can definitely lean towards what you guys are saying there. Um, yeah, anything else you guys wanted to say on this one? Or are we pretty comfortable with taking Zhang by KO at about, 3.4 3.5 as comfortable as you can get at those prices it's like of course if it was a more of a lock it would be less than two in odds but uh i like those prices and uh looking forward just to confirming my assumptions i think another option as well would be like if you again if you're gonna look at it in play 
would be like Rose is a fast starter um, and she tends to have like a really good first round and she's that's when she's the most mobile as well. So I think that she could take the first round uh, and you might get like 1.8 or something like that on Zan. So that might be worth worth looking at just because Rose has that tendency to fade and then obviously that leg kick's also going to be there throughout the fight. So that will be something that I'll be looking at as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think you both agreed on the first two fights. So this is very interesting and i feel like they were the i mean at least the rose fight was the most contentious fight out of all of them and uh maybe we'll all agree on the, the outcome of this one jorge masvidal versus kamara usman for the welterweight title the odds are very very short on usman as you can imagine 1.25 you can get at most places and you can get as high as 4.5 maybe a little bit more on the exchanges for Jorge Masvidal. So this will be Usman's fourth title defense after defending against Covington, Masvidal earlier, and also Gilbert Burns. And for Masvidal, he was on quite the tear until losing to Usman just under a year ago. And he hasn't fought since. So it might surprise you in saying that Usman basically shut out Masvidal very easily. But of course... He, uh, oh, just as I was about to give my big take, my bloody, bloody camera turns off. How, how bad is that? I can't believe this bloke's getting a title shot. Basically, this is—it just makes me so. Ang- I actually get angry. It's just—it's pathetic. Like I actually get angry that this guy's getting a title shot. I, I think if I was, because uh, this—it's on uh, short notice, and and Leon Edwards was was already to like they could have given the fight to Leon Edwards, and I just think that would have been so much more interesting. But. Star power does things, doesn't it? I mean, it's going to be in Florida, and he's a Florida kid, right? Okay. He's like a big, like he's been fighting on the streets of Miami since he was like, how old? Like a little uh, kid. And uh, I think that also has a play to it. And the reason why they sold out like this. So, um, but as for the fight, it's... I, I, I honestly, I hope that Masvidal is going to knock him out. He got a tiny bit of equity. The price is not appealing. I hope for it. I think the best bet of the, the uh, this fight is probably going to be Usman decision. It could also be Usman in round three or no, round four or five, which is very high, but it can just wear him out. And, you know, basically Masvidal just doesn't have anything left when it comes to those rounds. Uh, those prices are going to be like in the 20s and 30s to for, uh, for a win in those rounds. But again, could be a slight value. I don't know. What do you think, Ryan? No, I've got the same thing uh, wrote down. I've got Usman decision at two as, the, as kind of the best. But I see like, I mean, Usman yeah. wanted this fight and he, he kind of tried to sell it as saying like, you know, he wants to get the finish in this fight and he, he wants to finish this guy. You know, he hates Masvidal and all this. Um, and that and that's kind of how he's kind of trying to sell the fight. But at the end of the day, we know how Usman fights. He's very intelligent. Uh, he's going to go to his strength and he's going to go to Masvidal's weakness. And we've seen the fight already, so we know that um, you know Usman will be able to control him against the fence when he wants to. I think Masvidal obviously will have a better gas tank in this fight, but I don't think he'll have the strength to fend off Usman. Um, and something else like Usman for that fight was uh, preparing for Burns as well, so he was concentrating a lot more on his striking. Um, 
Whereas this fight, you know, he knows he's had he's had a full camp to train for Masvidal, um, and he knows what his weaknesses are, and he knows where he's going to excel. So I just think we see a similar fight, to be honest. Unless Masvidal can land something huge, I think that Usman's just going to um, yeah. yeah implement the same game plan, beat him up against the fence, uh, yeah, and, and we'll see a repeat. And I mean, I must say, I'm quite impressed with Usman's chin. Also, like. Can you imagine another fighter who wouldn't be knocked out by Burns in the, that fight? No, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's got a very, very good chin, hasn't he? To be able to come back from that and, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to see Masvidal finishing him, but it's going to be his only chance to winning the fight. So it's uh, going to have to do something spectacular, I guess. And Masvidal himself is very durable as well. Like, I don't think yeah. he's ever been finished in the UFC. I mean, he's had some... Uh, stoppages in his earlier career but generally you know he's a very durable he's he's a very like tenacious guy himself and he's not the type of guy that's gonna gonna quit either so uh yeah i think i think there's you know a decent amount of value in that yeah Yeah. i get the feeling that the crowd is going to be very disappointed by the outcome of this one are you so you mentioned two in odds for usman's decision or one of you did um yeah i saw it on betfair uh that's where I got it anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like you can't get anything better than 1.83 at the moment. I can have a quick look at best fight odds to see if there's anything. Yeah, you can get 191 on PokerStars. PokerStars, That's good. eh? Good price. Always rely on PokerStars. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just having a look. Usman by decision. Yeah, I'm getting American odds here, so I'm not the greatest, but I'm seeing one tw- minus one twenty five is the best, which I think is one eighty. Yeah. So would you guys go lower than go lower or would you take as low as one point eight three or one point eight? I'd still take that. I think there's still some value. Probably go as low as like one point seven five. Wouldn't want too much lower than that. But... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah. I mean, there's just it's it's such a it's in, it's there's not much to go through here, is there? It's kind of just you kind of just feel like it's going to go the exact same as the as the last fight. So, um, I mean, do you think Jorge's chances are better this fight than last fight because he's had a bit more time to prepare and you know he's he's seen what he has to offer over five rounds already. Like, I mean, I'd love to have seen the odds. Last, I think the odds last time were were even shorter on Masvidal. So, um, yeah, do, do you yeah. guys think he's got a better chance? We did chance? a pod, didn't we? I think because we bet Usman at like one four 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 or something like that. Man, I, I bet it was Usman like... at like one point three five with two rounds left. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it's interesting that you know Masvidal's got a full camp now, but yeah, his odds are bigger. But I suppose it's because. Kind of, we've seen the first fight already, uh, so he probably does have a better chance than in the first fight. But uh, if you're going to play him, you might as well play the KO prop because I just don't really see him ever. I mean, obviously, he could win a decision, but I think it's a very like low probability uh, of happening. Yeah. All right, terrific, gents. It seems like we're uh, we're kind of all on the same page with all of the bets today. So, a um, little bit of confirmation bias from everyone i love that let's uh <laughs> let's get along to our best bets of the weekend then uh ryan do you want to kick us off mate what's your favorite um so i like that usman bet. i think that's the kind of standout bet for me this uh weekend 
All right, losing by decision at one point, I think, 8-3 at Paddy Power. That's what I'm seeing is the, the best you can get at the moment. And Jonas, mate, what have you got? Shevchenko inside distance. I think uh, 2.3 is very good for that. And uh, I don't see Andrade lasting five rounds against the Shevchenko. Mm. All right, cool. I was going to give out a... I don't even know. what I, I kind of just like a little bit of everything this weekend. So my best bet's just everything we've talked about today, basically. So there you go. Put them in an accumulator? Put the, oh, oh, yeah. Don't you job. worry, mate. Don't you worry. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the best way to do it, I reckon. All right, you can find these these terrific MMA analysts at smartsportstrader.com and SM Sports Trader on Twitter and Jonas. How do you want to pronounce it? Gel at Twitter. Gel, gel, Jonas Gel. Uh, Just like question. you know, the thing you put in your hair. Yeah. <laughs> Except with a random J. Actually, someone was asking me the other day how to pronounce your name. Do you, do you like to be called Jonas or Jonas? I don't care. Like, <laughs> when I speak to Norwegians, they say Jonas. When I speak to English people, they say Jonas. So, whatever. All right. Sorry, I just didn't want to offend you. <laughs> uh, no, <it's> okay. <laughs> Jimmy Crude's first loss in the UFC. I'll, I'll, unless, does, do you guys know what it is? Uh, maybe just say yes or no. I think so, yeah. I think it's a trick question. And he has zero losses in the UFC, but it's going to lose against Anthony Smith. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, mate. Harder, if, if, um, if Ryan already knows, I thought he might. But why don't we give you a few options, Jonas? Uh, Jonas. Uh, Misha Serkinov. Shogun Hua, Ginny Prachoja, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Nikita Krylov. That's his one loss comes to one of those fighters, mate. Who do you reckon? Krylov. What is it, uh, Ryan? Serkinov uh, subbed him, didn't he? I think because I, I bet him, that's why I remember. Yeah. Uh, of course he did, mate. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I think Jimmy Crude's been like ranked by a couple of blogs or i think it was like espn ranked him as like the best fighter under 20 whatever age is 22 or 23 or something like upcoming fighters so it'll be it'll be good to see him go around this this weekend i'm looking looking forward to it another australian hopeful but uh great great podcast gents it's been great getting back together uh next podcast coming up will be very soon we are going to go through the European football with Nigel and George as always so look out for that in the coming hours slash day but thanks for listening everyone make sure you do a quick rate and review of the podcast and subscribe wherever you listen and if you're looking to implement some of the strategies we talked about today don't have MMA in the software but if you want to be doing value betting on all the other sports in the world start a free week trial with Trademate Sports. Gents, we'll, uh, we'll have to catch up soon and uh, good luck with all your bets. See you Thanks, later, guys. Mate.